The Chicago Popo Report. Paul Cialino is a licensed and board certified private investigator. He's the first and only expert in homicide investigation hired by 48 Hours and CBS News as an on-air personality. Lupe Aguirre. After completing law school, he became a founder principal of an Illinois family law and real estate firm. He honorably serves the citizens of Chicago as a police officer attorney. Together, they tell the stories of crimes committed in the Chicago area and the stories of men and women who serve and protect. This is the Chicago Popo Report. Ah, Chicago Popo Nation. We're back. WLSAM 890, Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino. Chicago Saturday night. What could be finer? Luke, what's going on? Well, it's Labor Day, buddy. Labor Day was wonderful. Back to school. Back back to the real life, huh? Yeah. And they, they pulled the curtain on the weather, too, didn't they? <laughs> the roads are going to be packed with school buses and uh, soccer moms uh, and soccer dads. Yeah, hopefully the teachers go on strike and we can miss some of that. Plan accordingly, people. They won't be rushing around because, uh, you know, the streets are going to be congested again. Well, uh, Amazon trucks are running around killing everybody, so we got to watch them. Oh, it's yeah. A new hazard out there. Oh, yeah. So what do we got today? Huh? We got news from the uh, Labor Day weekend. You know, there's some stats. <sighs> what happened in Chicago? It was a tough Tuesday down at uh, down at Accountability Day, huh? With the mayor? Accountability <laughs> Tuesday. How many got shot on Labor Day weekend? It was a normal, I, I mean, you know, before we get into that, I think it was a normal weekend. It was a four-day weekend, right? Yeah. Holiday weekend. You count five if you count the Eve before. Thursday Eve. We got yeah. 37, uh, 37 shots, seven fatally over a long weekend. Uh, uh, nobody was upset. That's a light weekend. Compared to what? Uh, July 4th weekend, oh, Memorial yeah. weekend. Yeah, well, let's start it on Wednesday night to July 4th weekend this year. Yeah. So a, a bit more time stretched out. It was a bit more than say, what was it uh, last year or the year before, oh. or or or, or we were, pretty much in line. We, you, I think we were down. I remember. I think we were down both weekends, but this weekend wasn't bad at all. No, you know, you only get seven killed on the weekend. That, if you that, don't live on a, the south and west side, it wasn't bad, right? If you don't live on the south and west side, nobody gets killed, <laughs> right? It, it's a poor bastards, right? If you're way up north, they don't have murders up there. Everywhere else, though, south and west side, they got they got a lot of homicides. Yeah, well, I mean, more importantly, I mean, let's go back to Hey Jackass, you know, our favorite website, which we like to share with our audience. Uh, the shot in the assimeter, how do you think August fared? I don't know. We had to be up, huh? What are we up to? How many for the year? We year were to down date? from July. Yes. We're down from 15 to about 12. Not bad. Not bad, right? Not bad. How about... The selfie-o-meter. That includes shooting yourself in the junk and anywhere else in the body. How many? Where are we at? <laughs> We're down again from eight to six. It's all good in Chicago, isn't it? New mayor, Eddie, our superintendent, has, has got his hand on it. I mean, everything's dropping down. Everybody <laughs> should be happy. There should be no complaints. No complaints. No complaints at all. Hey, I just want to mention, Popo Nation, first time ever we got a guest and you don't want to miss this. So hang out. We're not going to tell you who it is. But it's somebody really famous. Coming up in our second and segment. really smart, unlike us. We're going to let him do most of the talking. <laughs> I think the suspense is going to kill everybody. Stay tuned, people. We don't do guests, do we? It's our first one, no. That's right. Well, we're doing this guy. We're doing this guy. Right. We this had to bribe him. A... We had to go drag him up from Florida to get him down here to do it, okay? 
You don't like coming back to the city anymore. I think he'd be he's glad to get away from Florida, especially this whole week, which is what's going on. You know? Purely accidental. We we were just able to catch him at the right moment. And he obliged. Thank you. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll get talk, into it. We'll not talk about him yet. It's still about us. Not me and you like it usually is. Yeah, so that's that's for the uh, stats. Uh, let's see what else what else was going on besides uh, people getting shot over the long holiday weekend. Yeah, you know how I always mispronounce Jesse Smollett's name. Yeah, you I say Jesse. Him, I always call him Jesse. You say Jess. You say Joshua. I'm uh, not the only one. Jermaine. I'm not the only one. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. You know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smouillet. He's a very French. Very famous French actor. Hey, that was the problem, okay? Chappelle figured out how to pronounce his name correctly. We, that's why we're blowing it. Juicy. Juicy. That's Mr. right. Smollier. The French actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Jesse's back in court. Well, Jesse's lawyers are back in court this week. Over to civil suit. You know, the city's suing them for the expense of the investigation. 130000 buckaroos. And, and these geniuses. I, I, where did these guys go to law? I, the lovely Tina. What is she doing? You know what their their main bone of contention is? Hey, you guys don't have, we we didn't tell you to investigate that hard. You you did too much work. I think it's a great argument. It's a great billable <laughs> argument. It's uh that's what it, that's it's Paul, a, that's what we attorneys do. It's we, a billable argument. That's a we, great line. We present we present a coherent argument whether it's true or not. <laughs> that's not for us to decide. Truth. It's for the judge to decide and if there's a jury. But, but, hey, it's billable. Why not? Let's go with it. Well, the French actor lawyers just said to the CPD, they work too hard. And you could imagine what would happen if they got accused of not working hard enough on this one, right? Especially such a high-profile case. <laughs> Listen, the CPD assigned more cops and detectives to this case than they do a serial killer case, okay? They had all hands on deck were working this one 24-7. And they produced, like, God knows how much videotape of co-conspirators buying rope and mask and tape and it just it's never ending they, I, they did work too hard I, paul any crime victim would expect this level of uh yeah, of work being done you yeah, know how many of them actually get it though? if you're an assault victim if you're a victim of a burglary if you're a victim of a robbery or if you're family if if someone's someone gets gets killed the family of that victim expects all hands on deck. Bro, if you're an 85-year-old lady and you get thrown down the steps at the CTA down about three flights of stairs, you'd be glad to have some old property crimes detective assigned to the case for three days. They had 70-something guys assigned to this thing, and women. <laughs> whether or not whether or not these detectives and everybody, you know, how much work gets, gets done, everyone expects police work. Well, the amount of police work will be in question, well, but the everybody actor, expects it. The French actor demanded it, didn't he? And he, he got what he asked for, and lo and behold, it did not turn out well for him. And it's getting worse by the minute. I mean, to not expect this amount of police work to go into this is just ridiculous. We all know this. <laughs> but the argument has to be made, Paul. Uh, you, know? You, you know Rom just said to the superintendent back then, you, you get everybody out there on this thing. We're solving this crime, okay? We're gonna do that. Do you think he would have he would have uh, uh, gone that far if it wasn't his last year in office, or he was if, if he was done this year? If let's say if it was the beginning of his first year, or you know, just another I, term? I think they had the whole Hollywood component. You know, semi-famous, quasi-famous actor. Because Rom is Hollywood. You know, he's right, totally right. connected. His brother's the biggest agent in Hollywood, right? Wouldn't it be funny if his brother Ari was representing 
Juicy Smollett. <laughs> Listen, Ari's secretary wouldn't represent him, okay? He doesn't have enough juice at all, even with the fancy French name. Dave, Dave Chappelle is going to wind up making more money on Juicy than anybody. I think everyone's jumping on the bandwagon because it's 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 radio gold, it's TV gold, it's you name it. Oh, it's I mean, especially if you've got some uh, comedic chops. I mean, there's so much material on this, bro. We're gonna ride this thing for the next two years at least. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this isn't going anywhere. Every, the Popo Nation is. This is our number one story. Every We're very week, interested, right? Every week is in the news. I mean, you can't help but just talk about them. All right. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. Don't worry about it. You got it, brother. Well, thanks for starting us off, my nonviolent supporter of the Chicken Sandwich Wars partner in crime. As the Chicago Popo Report gets underway here on a September Saturday night, more to come, including how a 911 dispatcher scolded a drowning woman in her final moments and why the Chicken Sandwich Wars caused a man to pull a gun in a Popeye's after it sells out of the crispy chicken sandwich. That and we have a special guest in the studio Author Peter Carl, the Dean of Investigative Reporters in Chicago, to share words of wisdom and talk about his book, On the Night of a Blood Moon. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890. We'll see you in a bit. Here's uh, welcome back, Chicago. WLS AM 890. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, Chicago Popo Report. And folks, our first guest ever. Almost a year. We don't do guests, but we we were blessed to get this guy. We had right? to find the right guest, Paul. We did have to That's find it. the right That's guest. It. We and, had to uh, find the right guest and, at the right time. Let me read this guy's bio, okay? And then I'll talk a little about him. Peter Carl is a retired award-winning television investigative reporter who has been inducted in the prestigious Cir Silver Circle of National Television Society of Arts and Sciences for his work that spanned over 40 years. Carl's a recipient of 11 Chicago Regional Emmy Awards, the esteemed George Foster Peabody Award, two DuPont Columbia Awards, the Robert F. Kennedy Award for Journalism Excellent. Carl has been the recipient of numerous death threats during his career, as reported on police, police scandals, corrupt politicians, mafia kingpins, drug dealers, and some of Chicago's most ruthless street gangs, to name a few. That's what a good reporter does. I've known Peter Carl for... Well over 30 years, he is like one of my personal heroes. Peter sounds like a badass. Sir Peter is a badass man, and he was an invest He was the first investigative reporter in this city, and perhaps the greatest to this date. He was magnificent, and he pissed everybody off every day, which is what a good journalist does. Peter, welcome back home to Chicago. Thank you for coming down. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the Popo Report That's and right, being brother. your first guest. Well, you're here talking about a book he just wrote. Which is magnificent. I loved it. Uh, it. It was a page turner, and it's a true story. Well, it's a novel based on a true story that, um, you know, uh, a lot of journalism background that went into it, but uh, it was a 5,000 pages of research and a four and a half year project to write and organize and put together, uh, loosely based on the Laurie Rochetti murder that happened in 1986. And by the way, which effects are still being felt in the city of Chicago today, Rush Presbyterian St. Luke Hospital, now Rush Medical, uh, they continue for the last 33 years to have a day honoring her uh, at the university to remind people uh, what had happened on that grisly night of a blood moon. It was particularly a brutal homicide, wasn't uh, it? They, Paul, Lupe, it's... 
probably the police department over the last three generations probably call this the single most heinous murder in the history of Chicago. Single most. When you talk about one person. What happened to this poor girl is just absolutely horrendous. And it was investigated twice. Uh, without giving away too much of the book, uh, the police conducted an investigation that took 115 days. They arrested four gangbangers at the time. Uh, and the trials of all three took less than a total of eight hours. I mean, in terms of the jury, jury deliberation, right. mm-hmm. less than eight hours in three separate trials. One of the gangbangers turned on the guys and they went to jail. And after spending 16 years in jail, DNA evidence, and you know we sure. worked a lot of cases, Paul. We've done a lot of things, and we agree and disagree on a bunch of things. But that's what makes the world go round, you know, all these things that happen. And DNA came up, and it didn't match the four, and they got out. Right. And they and got then, a lot of money, too, right? Uh, well, two of them got $8 million, and uh, uh, one of the guys who got, I think, about 800000 a million... And another one got 1.5, but he wanted to get it over with quickly. Anyway, so now the police start a second investigation, which takes just as long, but they find the DNA guys. Now, I've interviewed the two guys who are in jail with the DNA, and they make no bones about the fact that they kidnapped her behind her house. They took her up to the spot, and they raped her. They admit to it. Yeah, we didn't kill her, though, right? And we didn't kill her. Yeah, okay. You know, and that's part of what the whole book is about, is, you know, did they did they kill her? I mean, I draw conclusions, or I don't draw conclusions. I lay out all the facts and a bunch of different things that were, were brought to the attention of a lot of people, but never brought to the public right. in the book. And I lay out the facts of some of the backgrounds of some of the private... People that came in and did DNA, were they really credible? I bring out a, a lot of things that were never brought out before about uh, one of the police uh, uh, people wh- who did lab analysis and work, and she was highly criticized, and but investigated by the FBI and totally cleared. And then, the, of course, then the two guys are convicted, they're in jail, and I interview them in jail, and... Uh, that's what the book is all about. And it is really a fascinating story to see police work and to see, uh, and I weave in part of the life of a journalist, and in my opinion, in that I think that every cop who investigates a murder should read this book. I don't care where you are, because it goes through all the things that go into it and some things that people never, ever um, you know, could even conceive. Like, I had a focus group when I wrote the book, and I wrote about the confession. And, and I asked these people in the focus group, is this boring? I mean, it starts and it's a blah, 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 blah. And every single one to the person has never heard anything that came out of anything like that, and they're fascinated. Well, let let me interrupt. We're talking to Peter Carl, famous author, dean of the investigative journalists of Chicago, one of my favorite people of all time. Uh, 
you wrote a book, man. It's lengthy. It's a long book. It is a long book. And it's detailed. And, and what I love about this book is nobody writes like this. Nobody reports like this anymore. This, this is an incredible work, although it's fictionalized with little quote marks around that. Well, it's fictionalized, and it's you know, and and a lot of things that happen, and like that, I say I did, I didn't do it. It's all fictional. That part of right. all of that, you know, so that all comes in. But you know mm-hmm. what's really amazing is that the things that happened back then in 1986 continue to happen today. You're talking about it early on your Popo show. You're talking about these guys that are you know the number of homicides and the number of shootings. Do you know if you stop to think about this in the book? I even say this, what the detectives say, the detectives say all across the city. Do you know the difference between homicide and aggravated assault? Do you know what it is? What is it? Marksmanship. That's right. Every one of of these people who are shot, they could die and it could be a murder. uh, The difference is the Chicago Fire Department paramedic program. That's the difference, right? Yeah, I mean, Uh, getting there or whatever, or, you know, hitting somebody in the shoulder instead of the head. Or the jump. I mean, I'm not trying to make make light of any of that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, is what's what's happening today happened back then. In, In that district, in Area 4 back then, they had more homicides in Area 4 than they had in 31 states. By the way, we don't have an Area 4 anymore. I know. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> well, that's, that's Harrison. The that's side, over buddy. on Harrison. Right off, right off of the Ike. I know now, as I put in the next book I'm writing, that it's broken down now into three areas and, and, and then redistributed because of a bunch of things, including... Crime statistics. Right. They had so. to get rid of Area 4 because it was, what did it rank uh, nationally? The higher than... Oh, no, well, it, no, there, in that <laughs> one area, state, yeah. there were more homicides than 31 states in one year. In one Chicago district. I miss Area, area 4. I miss, we miss Area, area 4. four. <laughs> we had to get rid of it. It, it didn't help on uh, on Tuesday mornings, did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. PR wise, no accountability Tuesdays. Yeah, going down the drain. About Area Forty more, so we got rid of it. <laughs> Peter, where, where can we buy this book? Everyone's going to want to buy it after you listen to the Popo report. Well, we hope so. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on BarnesandNoble dot com. You can buy it uh, iBooks. It's available. All through, uh, you know, on the computer, you can buy it anywhere. The, the usual suspects, huh? You could get to just type the damn name in, folks. You'll find it and buy it. You, nope. won't, you won't regret it. That name is author Peter Carl. We'll come right back to you. Hang on. Peter, Paul, like two biblical characters. We're going to hit pause right now, okay? When we come back, we're going to continue with author Peter Carl and continue talking about his book, On the Night of a Blood Moon. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890. Uh, welcome back, Chicago peeps. Chicago Popo Report. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino, WLS AM 890. Folks, you can't listen live on Saturday night from 10 to 12. Go to WLSAM.com. You can listen to it anytime you want. And tonight, we got our first guest, Peter Carl. We like this guest stuff because we don't have to work so hard. We just let Peter talk because he's a journalist. He loves the sound of his voice. I don't know about that. I do. It's good seeing you again. It's been a long time. We did a lot of things, you know. They're... They don't do what we used to do in, no, in news no, anymore. No, they don't. I mean, I I don't know the last time I've seen a report anywhere that they've allowed reporters to work six, seven, eight a year on stories. We did that all the time. I mean, we did other things in between, but we had things that we had going on for 
a year. L- ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you how, what a talented, smart journalist looks and acts like, but Peter Carl's picture should be next to one in the dictionary because he was the guy. He was the man in this town. And let me tell you, everybody, Peter Carl showed up with a microphone. It was your worst day, perhaps. Popo hated him. Gangsters hated him. The politicians hated him because Peter actually did the job the way it's supposed to be doing. Well, I mean, here, the uh, the game has changed even over the last five years. you got social media. You have 24-hour <laughs> news cycles. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I don't know how, how many journalists stick on a, stay on a story for longer than a couple days, let alone six months or a year. Or a couple like, of hours, right? Or a couple uh, of hours, yeah. I mean, and you know, the Internet, uh, Google changes everything where when I used to teach at Columbia College, you'd, you, I mean, you had to go to the library. You had to go look stuff up. You had to, you had <laughs> to do things. Now anymore. you just Google something and, and you know, and it, but the problem is it may not be right. Everything you hear on the, or read on the Internet is not 100%. You know, and those are and those are the kinds of things that get journalists in trouble. I mean, you have these ethical standards too that you got to double check your facts. I mean, we did that, and we always had after doing a long investigation, we always went up to the target, and we said, "Here's." I mean, I did. I said, "Here's what I'm going to report. Tell me I'm wrong." They and if they could prove to me that yeah. I'm wrong, the story would. I'd tell you one story that we did on a, one, a politician who who uh, said he was going to stop everybody from collecting money for illegitimate children and so forth. They're getting all kinds of money. And uh, we found out that this guy, who was in law enforcement, uh, had an illegitimate child and was collecting money. (laughs) So that opened the door, right? So we do this story, and I give him the night we're airing the piece. He won't talk to me. But the night we're airing the piece, it's like four and a half minutes long. That's an eternity on a newscast. Mm-hmm. And I called him up and I said, hey, tell me I'm wrong. Do a blood sample for me. Do a DNA test. And this story goes away. Peter, I can't do that. But I was willing to give up four and a half minutes, put the producer into a box, and could not do the story if we would have taken a test. Well, you know, yeah. but they're not going to. No, they're not going to. But hey, I, I, I don't want to forget. You're not keeping all the money for the sales of this book, are you? Oh, no, no, no. 50% of the sales goes to the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation to help support the families of police officers who are killed or catastrophically injured in the line of duty. So uh, I'm not keeping all the profits at all from this book. And, and folks, it's wonderful. Yes, and no one gets rich writing a book anymore. But th- this book is probably going to hit the New York Times bestseller list sooner than later. And, well, uh, I sure I I hope so because uh, the, the the certainly the the families of police officers killed and uh, or maimed and in the line of duty are going to benefit from it. But you know, Paul Lupe, it, I'm not saying this because I wrote this book. I mean, other journalists when they knew I wrote the book came up to me and said, "Man, this book should have been written a long time ago," and it should have. And I will tell you one thing that. I re- referred just a little while ago to calling sources and telling them, tell me I'm wrong. Right. And I've done that to every investigation I've ever done. I've been sued for millions and millions of dollars, as you know, and never have lost <laughs> too, a suit. The club. <laughs> and, and never have lost a lawsuit. I'm the only but, one who hasn't been sued in this uh, room. You're still young. <laughs> but let me tell you, the hardest thing I did was call Lori Rochetti's mother 
and tell her I wrote this book. And Lori, Lori was the victim of it. Lori was the victim. She was the homicide victim. She, she was doctor. the homicide victim that the book is based loosely around that. But I wanted, I wanted the mother to know that the book was coming out. And I told, I, and I told her that it was coming out and, and we talked. How'd she we, take it? How did, how did the mother she, take we it? We talked, we prayed, we cried, we laughed. And she said, I hope it's, it's a bestseller. When the book came out, I sent her a copy with a letter, and she called me. I was in a restaurant in Florida. I looked down, and I see the 217 area code, so I guess I got to take this. Be Southern Illinois for you non-Illinois yeah, people out there. down Springfield area. And I take the phone call. She said she just put the book down. And I closed my eyes, and I said, please, God, you know, I said, how did you like it? And she said, I loved it. It's hard to relive. But she thought I did a good job with everything. And um, it brought her some closure with all the things brought together. It, I, that, if I don't sell another book, that was the highest compliment you could ever be given as an author. Well, uh, speaking as someone who reads a lot, um, like, I have no wife, so I read a lot of books. But you, you got to read this book, folks. This book is magnificent. And it really, really shows what a good investigative television journalist does to get the story and the produce, producers behind the story and the meetings and, and all of the digging and conversations and dogging the cops and dogging the lab people and just keeping after a story. Nobody does it anymore. Maybe, like Gloopy said, the 48-hour news cycle, they don't want to. We got the uh, attention span of a housefly. But, man, this this is the way journalism should be practiced. Yeah, I, you know, but it, the th the things that happen in Chicago are just amazing. And down in Florida, where I live now, people talk about Chicago. They talk about this Jesse Molette case. They talk about... Hey, watch it. You got to watch. What's the pronunciation on that? Jesse, what's all, whatever. Uh, uh, the Smolier. What is it, loose? Juicy Smolier. Yeah, there we, we go. got to get that right, okay? The people in Florida find that story amusing, do they? Oh, they... I mean, there are some of the people that are down there. You talk about... You were talking earlier about the investigation that went in there. And some of the retired coppers are going, oh, my God. They've never seen anything like this. But also, I mean, you know, this guy... He's he's in the limelight. Well, you've got you've got pressure from outside interests. I mean, was that was that the case back when in, in you know back in the eighties, back in the nineties? Uh, we didn't have social media. We didn't have you know the Google. We we didn't have a lot of external pressures like we have now. I mean, what's going on you know, here? I can tell you honestly that I have never been told that what kind of angle to take on a story or do anything. But I will tell you one thing: when we went. To press, so to speak, when we had to be there on the air, everything we did was checked and double checked, and documents were sacrosanct. You know, you got a video, you got a document, you got whatever, and but you needed the evidence, and 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 so in this case particularly, they got the evidence. You know, right? And what happened? I mean, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. People across the state of Florida, they just shake their head at how this whole thing was happened. They can't believe it. Imagine that, Paul. Telling the truth is sacrosanct. Uh, wow. Well, that's what guys like Peter Carl did. And there weren't too many of them, there, and there's even fewer of them today. And folks, we've been talking to Peter Carl, award-winning investigative reporter, 
uh, Sailor Supreme of all uh, bodies of water, and and just one of the finest human beings ever to grace Earth. Peter, we're so happy to have had you as our first guest, well, and uh, might be our last after uh, after your sound bites went on. Well, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure. A pleasure meeting you, Lupe. I've known I know Paul forever. It seems like he's. You know, he's like an old penny. He always still shows here, up. Still here, still hanging out. <laughs> I came up them stairs a little bit, a little twinge in the shoulder and jaw. I thought it might have been the big one coming on. Yeah. I mean, look at Paul. He's got like a he's he's had a he's had a Woody this, this whole time. I mean, just I'm talking pretty, to Peter Carl. I'm pretty happy it's having amazing. Peter Carl up here. I gotta tell you. All right, we're gonna hit pause. We'll see you in a bit, people. We've been talking with Peter Carl, author of On the Night of a Blood Moon. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM eight ninety. We'll see you in a bit. We're back, Chicago. Popo Report, Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino on WLS AM 890. You know what we're coming back with, bro, right? I don't know. It sounds like a little bit of R. Kelly. Hey, we're coming back with Robert. Oh. Robert's uh, no longer in solitary confinement down at the Metropolitan Correctional Center. He's back in Gen Pop. He's in Gen Pop with his peeps. Hanging. Playing a little chess. Well, I doubt if Robert plays chess more like probably playing checkers. Playing bones. Playing bones. Huh? Bones and checkers, yeah. That's right. He doesn't look like a chess kind of guy to me. No, he does not look like a deep thinker, does he? Doesn't he doesn't think <laughs> uh, one move ahead, let alone 10, 15, 20 uh, moves ahead, right? That is not Robert's game, my friend, okay? He doesn't think, let's see, if I mess around with this teenager, what might happen? <laughs> he no. <laughs> does not enter into the whole process. Uh, uh, get arrested? No, he didn't think no, about no. that. Uh, civil suit? Get indicted? No, I didn't think about that. Losing all his money? No, um, no one wanted to talk to him? No, he doesn't think about that. It'd be nice. Well, Rob, he... Robert's going to be on an island alone pretty soon because Epstein's dead, so he's out of the game. Uh, Harvey Weinstein's trial is coming up. It'll be over with before you know it. And it's going to leave uh, R. Kelly at the top of the mountain by himself getting all the attention. Top of the creep mountain, huh? <laughs> yeah, That's oh. right, top of the creepy, creepy person mountain. And but he's in. Uh, there's a whole bunch of motions being filed. He's being tortured. He's in solitary. He's you know got no privileges, no nothing. And now he's in general pop. Back in Chicago, right? Yeah, he's in Chicago. He's back at the Metropolitan Correction Center, down, lovely downtown Chicago, over on Van Buren. Why did he want to leave New York? I mean, <laughs> that MCC in New York is is not a pleasant no, no place. Joke. No, yeah. In Chicago's, I wouldn't call it pleasant, but it's not. Horribly bad. He'd prefer the Midwestern uh, uh, jail pleasantries over the uh, East Coast. His uh, peeps, settings. man. His pe it's easier for his peeps, Chicago peeps, to come see him, come visit. Yeah, his lawyer's racking up the, you know, the billable hours, having to, you know, go to New York. That's right. No, I don't know. Poor Steve Greenberg. Uh, he's not getting rich in this case. Rich in publicity, maybe. I don't know, man. But uh, check out what he has to say, though. Can I read a couple of excerpts? I'd love I mean, to hear it. Please do. I Please for the listening audience. We'd love to hear it, Lupe. His songs do not truly portray his linguistic abilities like this. If I go to population, I'm just up on everybody, and everybody's up on me. And I'm trying to figure out how to trust that or whatever. I mean, isn't that like just lyrical, uh, like genius? Yeah, there's a rap song in there somewhere. Everybody up on me. I, I like that. I think that should be his next song called Back in Gen Pop. Brett, we got a we got a beat pop. for that, man. We got a beat. Back loop, in loop Gen could rap this. There we go. Back what is it, Loop? Okay, let's hear it. Back in Gen, <laughs> back in Gen, back in Gen Pop. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Lupe, Lupe Aguirre, a little rap, ladies and gentlemen. 
There you go. R. So R. Kelly, R. Kelly might sign you, man. There is still a future for Mr. R. Kelly. <laughs> That's okay? right. There's certainly a few. You have a much better future than Mr. Kelly, I would uh, venture to say. <laughs> that was fun, Paul. Thank you uh, for entertaining it was, me. It was delightful. So Robert is, uh, and you got a trial date. Eh? Judge says, I want I want a trial. I want this thing done in Cook County or hey. federal court. Maybe it was federal. Who knows? He's got so many trials. He's got trials in New York, trials in Cook County, trials in Northern District of Illinois in Chicago. Yeah, he's yeah. all over the place. Oh man, he's he's gonna be in court a lot more than the, the French actor. <laughs> that it would be juicy smoyer. Yes, but uh, yeah, R. Kelly, R. Kelly, gonna be in the headlines for a while. Well, moving right along from our usual suspects, hey, U.S. Congressman Aaron Schock, former U.S. Congressman Paul. Ah, you know what though, he's he cut a deal with the government. Uh, they dropped all the charges. He agreed to. Uh, make nice with the IRS and pay back sixty eight thousand bucks. Huh? I want Jesse Jackson Jr. is wondering where's my deal like this. I went to jail for the same thing, basically. Right? right? Yeah. The white guy from Southern Illinois, he got a pass. Well, his lawyer wasn't uh, lawyer to Williker. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well Shaq can now run for office again, and he might do it. He's making so much money as a congressman. Whatever he's doing, he had to take a pay cut, right? What I love most about this report, about this whole uh, saga, was that he used to, they used to give him tickets for Bears games, or I think any other, you right, know, sporting events, sporting right? events, yeah. yeah, at face value, yes. you know, at ticket value, yeah. but he'd turn around and make a big profit and not report it. Well, I, that would be called the ticket broker in most uh, events, right? That, which is w what exactly what they do. I would call right? that dishonest, Paul. Well, it may be And deserving of some time. I'm not sure if it's dishonest. It's unethical, unethical right? Uh, even worse, right. unethical. Whatever the market will bear, okay? You, you do like that, uh, you you're know, Bears-Packer game on a nice evening? Yeah, them tickets are at a premium, my friend. You're a public employee. The only reason why you're getting those tickets at face value is because someone wants something from you. That's someone right. has their hand in your pocket, yes. and you might curry favor what? for those tickets you because and, you're making money on that. You and I are willing to make those uh, arguments, aren't we? Absolutely. Because that's exactly what's going on out there. The has and the has nots, and we're part of that have-not crowd. You know, even he, he wasn't strong enough to not, you know, fall into that game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't think he fell into anything. I think he, he gleefully willing, he jumped willingly, in. He willingly jumped in, yeah. Yeah, he's very, you know, he was a 20-year-old, what, at the time? Right now he's, what, 20, late 20s, early 30s? A pretty young guy. He was a 19-year-old elected school board official in Southern Illinois, and he rode that into the Congress. And yeah. uh, then he, he, he became a fan of Downton Abbey, the uh, Channel 11 series, and decorated his office like he was in Downton Abbey in that's English where, royalty. That's where he's, yeah, that's where he, that's what led to his downfall, Downton Abbey. Folks, government furniture, it's free, all right? Congressman, I'm sure he'll let you go down and pick out something that's not too terribly used. You're not going to be there much, anyways, when you're attending all these sports events and hockey tickets. You know what's funny? <laughs> when I when I was running for uh, when I was running for office, I I had meetings with uh, various city uh, officials. Yeah. You know, just let's have a meeting, let's talk. They invited me to their office, bare bones, nothing lavish about him. I was kind of surprised. I'm like, you, you actually conduct work, you actually work in this environment. <laughs> no, I work out of Gibson's at the back table in the booth, okay? I don't work out of this dump. <laughs> no, yeah, their, their city offices were not uh, <laughs> but they're the standard club. Like, no, <laughs> they're the standard club doing business. That, 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 number one, everybody knows the city officers are wired by the feds, okay? No one, no one does business in their office. Yeah. Too easily taped. 
which uh, brings us to the next uh, departing FBI boss in Chicago. He uh, he wasn't here long, but he, he sure indicted a bunch of aldermen, including Ed Burke, while he was here, huh? Well, he was uh, he was plucked from uh, by uh, what Director Ray to go to uh, he's go going to, to Washington. Yeah. He's going to be the head bean counter for the FBI, right. which means that's a big promotion. And uh, who, who would you know? God, I, wouldn't you rather live in Washington D.C. than Chicago? I think I'd rather stay here, but I, you know, it's he might be director one day. Let's um, do it. I'm assuming that's why he took this job. But he said, "Hey." Uh, we might not indict a whole bunch of gangbangers, but man, we are we locking up them politicians and more to come, he said. And bigger fish than that are currently indicted. That could be interesting. Oh, wow. I mean, he uh, and he's not happy about leaving Chicago either. His family's here. He's formerly from, what, the East Coast? Uh, yeah, he's, he's a Boston, New York guy. Yeah, he's grown to love Chicago, and uh, I don't think he's too happy about leaving, Paul. But as we said, it's... It's a great opportunity, and he has glowing words, always has said glowing words about the Chicago Police Department to uh, uh, Fox and Friends' uh, dismay. Yeah, well, let me tell you, the Chicago Police Department, anybody in Chicago PD, they don't trust anybody with the FBI. If they're smart, they don't trust them. Because we know every couple of years, a whole bunch of CPD guys getting indicted by the feds. Just hey, as a matter of exercise, let them know we're watching. I mean, it, this, this, goes, this goes to everybody. Honesty is the best policy. Then you shouldn't be afraid of the uh, FBI if you're doing if you're doing everything the correct way. Yeah, you shouldn't be afraid of them, but you should be wary of them. <laughs> you better watch yourself around them alphabet guys. Okay. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, government employees. You gotta. I mean, you, you walk the fine line sometimes. You uh, you know, but a uh, you gotta stay honest, and then the FBI won't be on your butt. That's in theory true. <laughs> fall into their gun sights they'll be on your butt quick alright Paul we're going to hit pause when we come back we're going to talk about that 911 dispatcher who scolded a drowning woman in her final moments now that's horrible okay you've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AMA 90 see you on the turnaround Whoa. here are the stories of crimes committed against the people of Chicago that's four and the stories of the men and women who serve and protect us. This is the Chicago Popo Report. Ah, welcome back, peeps. Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cialino on the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890. Folks, you can't hear us live. And the 12 on Saturday nights, a new adult hour. You go to WLSAM.com, listen to us anytime you want. No weather, no traffic, no commercials. Just us. And Peter Carl. Right. Let me, yeah, let me just say this, people. Uh, yeah, we had we had author Peter Carl on. Uh, amazing two segments. I am smarter for that. Truly great. Never, I, I didn't think that was possible that you could get any smarter. That's smarter. Me, man. I learn something every day. Oh, every day, every day I'm here with you. I leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, you a leave bit, and go. just a tad bit smarter and confused. <laughs> yes. Oh, welcome to my world. Okay, because I'm quite confused myself. But I'm not confused about this next story, my friend, all right? Oh. It agitated my ass a little bit. Oh, my God. I think Deborah Stevens needs some sensitivity training, right, as a dispatcher. What's going on here? Yeah, what you know what, man? And, and having worked with dispatchers back in the old days, and someone got some bad attitudes. This chick's got a bad attitude. Huh? You, you plunge your car into the lake. Water's coming in fast and furious. You call nine one one to try and get some help. And what Deborah? What Deborah have to say about that? Oh, she was. 
well, to put it bluntly, she was callous and uncaring. I mean, yeah, as this lady is about, you know, starting to drown, water's getting into her car. There is the, the dispatcher. The dispatcher is just so not with it, you know, trying to keep her spirits up, trying to, you know, tell her that help is on the way. EMS, uh, police, they're, they're, they'll be there any minute. But no, she's actually scolding her. Why did you do that? Didn't you see that body of water? What the hell's wrong with you? This is your fault. Now, other now, all the first responders, their lives are going to be on the line trying to save you because it's your fault. What kind of she, BS is that? I don't know. And she tells her, well, this will be a learning opportunity for you, darling, okay? Hey, how's that if you're dead? Well, yeah. See, that was the whole problem. Yeah. And yeah, this lady died before help could get to her. And, uh, and, and even dying... The woman, the victim in this case, dies with a little class, right? Does she respond back to this silliness she's getting from the dispatcher? No, she apologizes. I'm sorry, ma'am. Yeah. I didn't see the water. And the dispatcher goes, well, I don't see how you couldn't see it. Oh, I hope this chick gets fired at the very least. I mean, yeah, it's nothing. It's not like it's criminal, but it's just, it's just so wrong. It's just outrageous. Thank you, Arkansas dispatcher. Yeah, well, that isn't even rate banjo music, that one. Firing squad. Popo court in session. Bam, you're gone, sugar pants. See you later. Adios. It's just left up. Stupid dispatcher. Loser. The hell. (laughs) Let's come back home. Let's go to U of I. Oh, let's go to U of I where they're acting a little silly down there, Loop. Or I went to school with for a few years. But you never did anything like this, though, did you? Well, this is uh, this is a sign of the times, you know. We're not, not necessary to get into why it's a sign of the times. 1935 or 40? Yeah. You'd think it was a pre, yeah, civil rights uh, movement. No, this is actually 2019. So, yeah, 19-year-old U of I student who uh, found a piece of rope, what, in an elevator and decides to make a noose out of it and just hang it in said elevator. Uh, Andrew Smith of Downstate Normal will no longer be attending the University of Illinois uh, Champaign-Urbana-Willie. Uh, I sure certainly hope not. He got his butt locked up for that one. What, he's facing a felony hate crime charge after that? Ah, $5,000 bail. He'd been better off getting caught with an AR-15 in Chicago. (laughs) Probably no bail for that one. And guess who turned him in? Who turned him in? A female friend. Not too much of a friend, huh? Of Mr. Felon Smith. Yeah, she she dined him out. Not to be confused with one of our other victims named Felon. No, no. Got hit by a train. Yeah, but hey... Kudos to that female friend. So you, uh, you, you, I, budding engineering uh, geniuses down there, uh, do not be making racially insensitive, you know, hanging materials and posting them publicly, or you're gonna your career is gonna get cut short. Just tend to your studies, you know. Do your little, you know, late night drinking, you know, and uh, <laughs> try to be a nice of, person. Okay, we got, that would help be helpful. All right, try yeah. and be nice. Just be nice. Yes, exactly. be don't nice. Okay, be insensitive. Don't, don't be a jerk. You know, don't 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 do nooses, and life will be good. Hey, well, I like our next guy though in Beach Park, Illinois. Huh? What did he tell the popo? <laughs> this this is probably something, folks. Public service announcement from the popo report. These are words you do not want to say to the popo when they're in the front yard or at the front door. And what the, what are those words, Loop? <laughs> Kick in the door and come and get me. That's like throwing a new steak to a pit bull. He's coming in. Hey. <laughs> and the popo came in, didn't they? Hey, listen. Uh, yeah, well, you asked for it, right? We're well, coming in.
Beach Park, Lake County. What what can they say? Forty five year old Brian, middle initial O, Harper. <laughs> that was the popo. Come on, get in that door and come get me. I'll show you. <laughs> that is probably uh, not a statement you want to make when the popo there a little charged up, serving felony warrants on Mr. Harper. Well, it was a two hour standoff to begin with, okay? <laughs> uh, and then I guess they just tired him out, or he. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted a little extra drama at the end, not just not just uh, you know just give in outright. That, you know, the SWAT guys were there, or the quasi SWAT unit. The deputies outside the house negotiating with Harper, and Harper began taunting them with, "You should kick in the door and come get me." <laughs> yeah, well they did, didn't they? They come got him, taste his big fat butt, and because he continued to resist. Yeah, I mean, when you say come and wait, kick in the door, come and get me, it's like, uh, you don't know, is he going to resist or is he going to come w- w- willingly? Well, what's going on here? So, uh, yeah, he got tased because he continued to resist. <laughs> so that fat ass with that taser, he quit resisting. <laughs> Rolled right over. Oops. Please take me to jail. This reminds me of a story, Paul, that happened in Rogers Park uh, not too long ago. So we have a, we have a domestic disturbance, okay? The a girlfriend calls on the boyfriend. The boyfriend's acting loony. He's a, a bit drunk. Okay, he's a big, imposing guy. So we meet him out front, out front of the apartment. You know, he's, he's a big guy. Was this planned, or he just voluntarily came out? He just came out. He's, <laughs> he's just like, okay, what are we going to do? So uh, we get a call for reinforcements, and there was a standoff like like this guy, but he wasn't talking too much. He wasn't talking too much. Growling, maybe a little growling. He's just looking very. <laughs> he's just looking very menacing. Big guy. I mean, like. <laughs> So you, you want to say 20, 20 POs were there just, you know, waiting to see what's going to happen. And then um, he looked around. He's like, I'm really not going to win this one. So I'm going to give up. Okay. And before he gave up, he pulls down his shorts and he shows everybody his wiener. And uh, that's how it ended. I'm not armed. <laughs> Flashing wiener, putting his hands behind his back and giving up. Now that's how Chicago PD does it. Okay. No harm to said uh, uh, perp, and uh, everybody went home without a scratch. Well, let me tell you, because if you tell the Chicago PD to come kick my door in and come and get me, it might be some gunplay involved with that one. No resisting, <laughs> no resisting, just a little shouting maybe afterwards, but hey, yeah. you know, you, you got to take it however it comes. You know, you got to be ready for whatever, you know, lands on your he lands just, on your doorstep. Just, just dropped them drawers and disarmed everybody. Everybody just went, oh, like, I don't want to see that. Get out of here with that. Whoa. Big boy. It's funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> off the jail he went. It's funny. His last show of, uh, you know, um, resistance. <laughs> yeah, but everyone was going, oh, I don't want to see that. They're all turning the other way. Instead of pulling, instead of, yeah, you know, doing the middle finger, he did the wiener. Oh, right, when we come back, Loop, we've got to take a break. We're going to take minute. another break right now. Yeah, we've we got to take another break because this story's going to take longer and, you know. 20 or 30 seconds. I was just in the middle of my wiener story, Paul. There's more. I'm not tired. I, of, I think we're all had it with the wiener story. Bring back Peter Carl, okay? That's what I say. We've degenerated ever since Peter Carl left. Peter left and we went right back into the toilet. Right back in the gutter. I love it. All right. We're going to take another break. Hit pause, people. When we come back, we have more crime and mayhem, including a few stories out of Indiana. You'll want to stay tuned. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AM 890. See you in a bit. Welcome back, Popo Nation. Lupe Acquire, Paul Cialino, WLS AM 890, Chicago, Saturday night. Back in our groove now. Ready to go. Close this thing out soon. So don't 
Don't go to bed yet, folks. Hang in there to midnight. You don't want to miss what we got coming up. I think it's still way early, Paul. I think people are people are just, you know, people are just getting ready. You think? They're dumping them bad dates they went on, and they're you know they're on their way home. They don't have much to do. They're trying to figure out what's Plan B. <laughs> where, where am I ending up? I might get lucky tonight. What's going to get us till five a.m. Yes. on our feet, wide awake? Well, a little popo report will get them warmed up for the late night action, right? That's right. Uh, what happened up there in Harwood Heights at Portillo's Loop? Uh, nothing bad is supposed to happen at Portillo's. Like Over by there. Fun yeah. place, huh? Oh, delicious, fun place. Right? One of your favorite restaurants. Safe place. No. It's fine dining in Chicago, my friends. Portillo's. Oh, my God. You could. You have a lot to choose from. you got your burgers. you got your salads. you, you got chocolate got cake slices. 750 calories a slice. Slices. Yeah, you've got your pasta. You've got everything. Oh, yeah. So. Salads even, man. So I guess we have a 63-year-old woman who fell for that whole bit. You know what the bit is? Hey, lady, you've yeah. got a nail in your tire. You want to, You might want to get out and check it out. She's, a, she's in line at Portillo's, though. And, no, and if you live in Chicago and you haven't been to Portillo's, there's something the matter with you, okay? <laughs> might be a vegan or something strange of that nature. But uh, she's in line at Portillo's, and they got people out there, employees, usually, yeah. right? Taking your order, taaking your money. At least the ones on the yeah, in the South Loop or even, yeah, downtown. Everywhere. everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. They, they, they just, They're they, all busy, move, huh? Moves the line along. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Efficiency. And so this mope, I saw a photograph of him from their video surveillance, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, she thinks he's some kind of employee. She's 63. She's a little confused. This or Good guy's, Samaritan. This guy's hanging around. He just wants to be friendly. He wants to help me out. What'd he do, Luke? He wasn't <laughs> too friendly, was he? You got a nail in the tire bit. She gets out, and uh, she's out looking at her tire, and then he runs around to the passenger side, gets in passenger side. She tries to stop him. She gets pushed out. She gets you know, slightly injured, and he takes off. She got knocked on her little rear butt, didn't she? 63-year-old rear butt, yeah. Well, they found a car over there at 7200 block of West Higgins, not far from the airport, damaged, right? Car was recovered. There was no nail in the tire. What's there? Be careful, people. You're not safe even in uh, Portillo's uh, drive-through lane. Okay? No, no arrests no. made. But folks, you go to YouTube, watch that video, okay? And uh, if you recognize this dog, call uh, Sergeant Jolanta Smith at seven zero eight six six seven seven zero one four. Yeah, don't mess. You should be glad to know what's happening. Don't mess with my Portillo's. All right, that's right. Don't mess up the line. You probably screwed up the line that night. Let's go over to Gary. Ah, uh, Gary, know, Gary, Indiana. Not too many good things happening there. And this would uh, this would fall right in with that, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it, it, when you're messing, when you have a baby's mama who walks in on your indiscretions, I don't know. It's not clear whether they were still dating or not. You could still, you know, you could still be a baby's mama and and not have any relationships with the father. But I guess I don't know. She was just ticked off. She walks in on uh, you know said father yeah. with another woman, and she uh. gets really upset. To the point where, you know, she's facing kidnapping charges. <laughs> what a 22-year-old Kenya Moores of Gary. Uh, what'd she do? <laughs> she charged in the room and uh, told the woman to get out of there or she will cut her heart out. Man. <laughs> she, she did cut her too, didn't she? That's, hey man, that's pretty scary. Then right she there. kidnapped her. And then she kidnaps her. Yeah. What's she going to do with her? Um, Is she going to ask for a ransom? Yeah, she probably she probably wants a big apology. Maybe. <laughs> well, I, she's going to get more than a big apology in Indiana. She's probably getting about ninety million years for that. Well, after she after she uh, kidnaps uh, said lady, she tased uh, the daddy three or four times because you know, that's why he wasn't able to you know do anything about it. 
It's really about the kidnapping, yeah. <laughs> or help help out, you know, the lady was, who we met online, right? This was quite the yes show in Gary, wasn't it? This is a Facebook uh, Facebook hookup gone bad. <sighs> Way bad. Oh, man, well. And listen, <laughs> she's only, she could walk. She's got an $80,000 bond. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I'm, I'm guessing, though, no new, new bows forthcoming with bail money. I know. I think she could be sitting for a while out there in Gary. She's going to have to uh, reach out to Facebook and find a new beau who would, you know, come forward and uh, help her out. <laughs> in the interim, she's in the county jail, not stabbing or macing anybody. Yeah, that's right. So let's go to out to Joliet. Uh, Joliet. Back to Joliet. Uh, Joliet. 56-year-old Mike Nold. Not, not exactly neighbor of the year, is he? No. What did Mike do, Loop? Well, he's got it tinge of racism uh, you know ah, hanging over his head I, I think he's a misunderstood lad <laughs> just drinks too much drinks and then he gets much. then he gets racist so apparently mike likes to get drunk and shoot his shotgun off in a little suburban subdivision out there in joliet yeah it's kind of, sort of somewhat towards his neighbor's yard when the neighbors are having parties <laughs> small small little Dining get-togethers. Let's just, keep, let's just keep it real. I mean, this guy, he's, he's, he's a white guy, right? And his neighbors are probably not white, right? I'm assuming so. Maybe brown I'm Ish. guessing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's hanging inverted crosses on tarps suspended oh. between his deck overlooking the neighbor's property. And, and neighbors apparently think he's severely inebriated most of the time. It's not very Christian-like. You know, your full... You, 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 no, it's your, not. Your colors come out once you have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of the alcohol in you. Talk to Mel Gibson about that, huh? <laughs> yeah. How's that working out for him out there? You, you, take go the into, you go into so many rants of so many different flavors and colors. You know, some of them may be racist. Now rants. he's got orders of protection against him. He's out on bail. Uh, he's got a $20,000 bond. Not too bad. It posts 2000 to walk. Hey, but the, he's got a great attorney. You know, that order of protection said he... Can't be within a thousand yards of uh, the uh, said uh, respondent's uh, home. But kind of how's, he go- how's he going to get home if he has to stay with? He can't be within a thousand yards. She went in to modify it as any good attorney would. He's got. He's, he can't be within twenty five. Is it twenty five yards or twenty five feet? Feet. There you go. Twenty five feet. So hey, kudos to said defense attorney who <laughs> represents a her client well. and, and got him a very reasonable bond. I might yeah, add. Right. Exactly. The neighbor from L. He's back. <laughs> I, I, I say less than two weeks, he's drunk, shooting a fire, shotgun, and hanging inverted crosses, acting up again. Maybe we'll, yeah, we'll be talking about this guy again, you know, because, you know, these schmoes can't stay out of trouble. Well, when he violates that order of protection again, though, mm. that's a no-bonder, my friend. He's going to be sitting in Will County Jail for a long time waiting to go to trial. And from, from what I hear, Will County doesn't play. Well, it depends who you are. Depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible to get a pass on a on a pretty good murder case out there. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, right. you heard it from the uh, the lion's mouth. Drew Peterson. I'm not saying, but you know, <laughs> it took a while to get him the trial. Maybe eight, nine, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so our next story kind of sad. If you go to gun ranges, and by the way, folks, someone who has been on a lot of gun ranges in Illinois, most of the people there are idiots, and they shouldn't have firearms, and. A lot of people get shot at gun ranges in Illinois. Yeah. This guy, fortunately, shot himself, committed suicide. He ran into a gun, went out there and killed himself in, up in Zion. It's funny you mention that, Paul, because I stay out of public, you know, area gun ranges myself. 
I, I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. I've worked a few a cases. Weirdos, a lot of weirdos. Where dudes in there. have shot people at gun ranges. They're playing with the guns. They're 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 acting like idiots. They're clueless. Clueless. Safety and is not is not in their vocabulary. There is no range master back there insurance no. safety. There might be some video te- video. There might someone yell at you once right. in a while. Right. Their rules are basically no rapid firing, no shooting from a holster position. Right. There are a lot of idiots that, that that go to these gun ranges, and yeah, I just stay away from them. But this guy, he's like, why not? I'm just going to kill myself at this gun range. Let somebody else clean up my mess. A 49-year-old George man up there in Zion decided, uh, I don't have a gun, so I'll go rent one. And that's what he did. Yeah. Walked in, rented one. Have to have a FOID card, though. Well, he, had a, he was, he was <laughs> he, well he, he was legal, man. He was legal. He was legal. <laughs> <laughs> Read the gun and went to the. Uh, 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 you think about it. Five star firearms up there on North Sheridan Road. At least no innocents got hit or wounded or killed. Yeah, well, I guess we got to be thankful for that. We're going to hit pause, Paul. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we've got funky crime and punishment time around the nation. You'll want to stick around. You've been listening to the Chicago Popo Report on WLS AMA 90. <laughs> Folks, hear that banjo music on the Popo Report. We're going down south. Lupe Acquire and Paul Cialino on WLS AM 890. And we truly are in Chicago, aren't we, bro? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. We love the south, don't we? Couldn't live without it on this show. Down to Georgia. Starting off in Augusta, Georgia, right? right? down there, right on the coast, probably getting hammered by uh, all manner of hurricanes and stuff. Which happens to be... Just east of Alabama, which is not within that cone of uncertainty. Okay, people? All right. No, Augusta's going to get whacked around. And uh, in the Gators, this this one Gator, 10 foot, 360 pounders, what'd he do? (laughs) Well, hey, he was kind of (laughs) hungry. He sees this kayaker, uh, you know. A little orange kayak. He looked like what, a popsicle to him or what? Yeah, he was uh, practicing for a bass fishing tournament. In his kayak. In his kayak, yeah. Well, would he, is that normally how it's done? In no, kayak? no, it is normally it not like in a, a boat, kayak. Some kind of yeah, boat, yeah, some a kind big of... old bass boat with, you know, you lots of engine and storage space for beer and stuff. And you don't have to paddle your way out of danger. <clears throat> You're not paddling anything in a bass boat, my friend. I mean, bass boats could cost up to seventy, eighty thousand dollars too. I mean, yeah. How are you? How are you? You know, moving this uh, uh, kayak if you, you know, it's got paddles. You have to do it yourself, self-propelled, and you've got this. Fishing line or his fishing pole? How does that work? Well, you know, it's not important, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's not kind important. Of weird. But they're back to our gator story. He said Gator winds up dead for menacing in a poor kayaker. Yeah, I feel bad for this gator, three hundred sixty pound, ten foot gator. I mean, hey, we should have called our guy in from Chicago, the Florida guy, girlfriend uh-huh. gator he's catcher in Humble sh- Park. He's too busy with the sh- Chicago honey. That's the problem, right? He's, uh-uh. he's up in Chicago, he's whining had, and dining his girl. He's never had a girl like a Chicago honey. A no, Chicago, he Chicago hasn't. baby he doesn't no, have time I'm, for this anymore. Got a number, oh my god. The files over in divorce court to prove it, okay? Hey, you know what I say? What's 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 good for the goose is good for the gander. This guy, you know, I think he should have been nipped by this alligator to begin with, okay? Um instead of being instead of bass fishing, why don't you like gator fish? Well that's that's kinda like more, you know, in line. Bro, there's whole T V shows dedicated to this whole gator fishing, catching, killing thing, okay? You know, that's there's some I, fine television being produced in this country on I was this rooting for this I'm rooting for this gator. You know, and this gator wound up dead, my yeah. friend. Okay, 
unfortunately. And he's in Georgia, so uh, nothing happened to said gator murderer. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was okay. Gator was hey, menacing him. It's okay to kill him. He's a man-eater. Yeah, he got what he deserved, right? Get yeah. rid of him. Don't be bothering me anymore, me and my little kayak. So uh, we're, back. we're still down south, aren't we? Back in Florida. Oh. This guy. I saw this photograph on the wires. What do you do, Loop? <laughs> it's pretty mildly interesting. Well, you know, we have Hurricane uh, uh, Dorian, right? Going up through the coast. And this genius, he's like, hey. I've got this smart car. You know what smart cars are. They're not just smart. They're tiny, right? They're really tiny. And he's like, well, it fit through my front door because I don't want it to get blown away. It did fit through his front door. Where did he park said smart car? Yeah, I think right in the living room next to the kitchen. Absolutely. Looks like it's sitting there in the kitchen. (laughs) But I don't think anything happened up north, right? Near Jacksonville. Well, I don't know. Jacksonville. A little wind action, you know, 50 miles per hour. I don't think so. I got to tell you, that smart car is not going to survive. A 20 mile an hour wind probably. Have you ever been in a smart car? Those those suckers are heavy and they are like, you can't get hurt in them. I mean, they're not, nothing's well, going to happen well, to them. If a bicycle hits one of those things, you're going to get hurt. The bicyclist, <laughs> not the smart car. <laughs> the smart cars are very tiny. They're tiny, but they are they are amazingly tough. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Lupe are, Acquire yeah. uh, highly recommends a smart car for all your commuting needs. They are. They, they're extremely tough. Because when that big Dodge Ram 50 crawls up on your rear end in that smart car, there'll be nothing left of you, I'm guessing. I mean, there's nothing illegal about what he did, putting his parking his, uh, no. his smart car in his in his house. We're, we're but I'm like... Uh, don't forget we're in Florida. You we're in Florida. That's are off down there. You know what? I guess you forgot that you, know, you could just use a measuring tape to see if said car would fit through said door. It fit. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Well, yeah. It's a big front door. It's a double door, man. It's not huh? like a single. Maybe it's not a single door, you know, front entrance, but front entrance. You know, in Florida, I mean, there's some big uh, rear ends, I'm guessing, okay? So the, those front doors have to maybe be a little more custom down there. Whoa. Not your standard Chicago front door. And speaking of wind and staying down in Florida, we have a <laughs> Florida woman now who's playing uh, a windy day for the cocaine that police found. In her purse. Can you see a posy? Uh, she stopped by the Fort Pierce Popo in late March. This is kind of an older story. Said Popo said, believe it or not, I smell marijuana. It's got a distinctive uh, smell to it. We're going to search your car, Miss like, Posey. Like oregano. Right. Miss Posey had a problem, didn't she? She found separate bags of cocaine and marijuana inside her purse on her lap. And, and, and Miss Posey had a really fine excuse on how them drugs got into her purse, didn't she? You know, it's always deflection and blaming something else. You never take ownership of, you know, what you do. Hey, she didn't blame any other people. <laughs> she blamed, uh, what is it, like, uh, the environment, uh, global warming. She probably is like, it's global warming, people. It's not my fault. You know, Popo, it just, this is a quote. It must have flown through the window and into my purse. Yeah. That ain't my dope. <laughs> just flown in here. If it wasn't for the wind that was created by this global warming, you know, I, I, I don't know how this cocaine got in my purse. Hey, but I'll tell you what. She got a bond. She got out of jail. They let her <laughs> out in Florida. Because only in Florida would this be a cogent argument. Uh, I, it was a creative argument. And creative, yeah. I thought the Fort Pierce PD probably had a chuckle or two over there. Probably. Yeah, let me get this straight, Posey. Miss Posey. How'd that dope get in your purse? Yeah. The wind blew it in there. Ah. Threw the window into my purse. Pre-hurricane wind, right? Yeah. You blow stuff around. Hey, we're parking the smart car in the kitchen so it don't get blown around. 
it's personally reasonable that a, a bunch of cocaine would fly out of someone's hands through your window into your purse in your car. Case closed, ma'am. I am sorry. Release without charges. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm inconveniencing you. That should have been that, what happened right there. I, I'm, in fact, I'm shocked they even arrested her after yeah. that great story. Yeah, I am going to retire. I'm just going to leave the police department because this this whole case is just you know this this would be the highlight of my career. This story, Miss Posey, giving me. <laughs> yeah, we better move along, okay? But where are we at? We're still down south, aren't we? We're in uh, Largo, a Tampa suburb. Paul, you ever been down that Key Largo? Uh, I have. I've been, I've been to Largo. Very Largo. nice area. Very nice. Tampa's uh, great. I love Tampa. You yeah, know. Tampa's nice. Nice high crime area. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> going on all the time to keep the popo and the fire department busy in Tampa and the surrounding burbs. Never a dull moment. So what? The popo found some meth, some fentanyl <laughs> stashed with their McDonald's on nuggets. Uh, McDonald's selling meth and fentanyl. Uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, no, how did they not... get in the McDonald's containers? Well, she what tried. happened here? Uh, I'll tell you what happened, bro. This is a three fifteen a.m. encounter. Or that's what happened, <laughs> right? Nothing good happens after midnight, Paul. Anywhere, oh, even in Largo, Tampa. Three fifteen a.m. It it got dicey quick, and you think them uh, Largo PD might not be the smartest guys in the world, but they're smart enough to check the McDonald's containers in your car when they make that traffic stop at three fifteen, aren't they? Listen, the Popo will toss anything when they're doing a traffic stop and uh, you're suspected of, you know, hiding some narcotics. Even a McNuggets container because you can hide a bunch of good stuff in those well, containers. apparently after searching the car in the Chicken McNuggets container, an examination revealed it held McNuggets and approximately seven and a half grams of meth That's a lot and of meth. a bag of fentanyl weighing 1.3 grams. Uh, I can't believe people mess with fentanyl. My God. I don't, I don't know just why idiots. you would. Right? Just idiots. Their bond was a very reasonable amount. They had to post $4,150. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not a bad bond to post to get out. <laughs> We're going to hit pause again, Paul, one last time on this great September Saturday night. When we come back, we've got Taylor Swift in the news, okay? And the uh, chicken sandwich wars all right you've been listening to the chicago popo report on wls ama 90 see you in a bit ah uh, no folks you're not at a bad wedding in a bad banquet hall on the south side of chicago you at the popo report on wls am 890 where we do all the big stories the big clothes coming up Lupe Aguirre, Paul Cielino finishing this off on Saturday night. Rolling up on midnight, my friend. Oh, a little chicken dance music. I like it. A little getting polka. Getting everybody hungry and, and moving around. And be running down and get a chicken sandwich through the drive-in. Oh, you might not want to be doing that bad down in Texas, man. <laughs> you might not want to be doing that anywhere. Our experience with drive-ins is not good. Ooh. After midnight, especially. Whoa. So, yeah, listen, people. Yeah, we're talking about the chicken sandwich wars between Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. Uh, what and happened to that war? It, was, it turned into it got a little gun battle didn't it? All the, all the crazies are coming out, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously, these are chick, these are greasy uh, chicken sandwiches. They may be delicious, but they're, you know, uh, come not, on, people. Maybe you not can, good for you. And you're on that vegan diet. You might die if you eat one of these. Oh, you, or you might have some, you know, I don't know, serious second thoughts, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I digress. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are delicious, but come on, you have to, you get all ornery and angry because the 
joint runs out of your chicken sandwich. You get maybe you got there too late. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe you should have like you know prioritized this event and gotten there early. You probably Arrived should not early. have done that second hit on that meth pipe. Okay, there you should have probably go. left it alone if you're living in Houston and decided to go get some Popeyes. Maybe you should have quit token about three hours ago. <laughs> maybe, right? Maybe that would have been a good idea, my friend. No, put down that. Put down that. Uh, you know that beer. Put down. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, whatever. And get there early, people, because, yeah, the wars are heating up. Well, you know, the brothers went down to get some food there at the old Popeyes in Houston. And they get there, and they want that chicken sandwich, that new chicken sandwich that's been rated number one by everyone, right? So, yeah. Right? <laughs> and what our brothers do down there when there was no chicken sandwich forthcoming? <laughs> they pull out, you know... Uh, Whatever, a piece of gun. They pulled out a gun, a firearm, and said, you will give me a chicken sandwich, my friend. You better pull it out of somewhere, you know, but I need my chicken sandwich. I don't care where you get it. You know, go across the street, you know, get some chicken, fry it up. Yeah. I want it here, stat, pronto. I better call Uber Eats and have it delivered before my finger gets a little itchy here. I don't think even Uber Eats would be able to produce that, you know, that, that, that sandwich. You know, I think the Uber guy would have been, you know, at the other end of a barrel. Well... Cooler heads prevailed and nobody got shot for once. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I mean, that's remarkable because there's a lot going down in Texas lately, okay? The crazy people with crazy guns that shouldn't be having guns, all right? Well, I, I would venture to say this might be right up on the crazy list. Yeah. You're going to draw down on the Popeye employees because they ran out of their chicken sandwich. Listen, Texas, instead of relaxing your gun laws, I think you should think twice about it, all right? Because, hey... Chicken sandwich, gun, do not mix. Oh, because we all know that criminals pay attention to the gun laws, right? <laughs> They're the first ones that comply. Just make it harder <laughs> for dumb people to get guns, all right? Uh, yeah, Moving maybe we right just along. start giving them shots or something when they hit first grade. Maybe even better. There we go. What's our next story, Luke? Oh, we've got some Taylor Swift news on what the Chicago Report. Taylor get in trouble? Taylor didn't do anything. No, it's 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 her mansion. That her posse, was her posse, do anything no, 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 on no, tour? No, no, they no, pull no. out a gun at uh, McDonald's or something? Her mansion in Westerly, Rhode Island, got broken into by a 26 year old Dick Joseph McEwen. Uh, but you know what? This guy, he's got some class. What did young Dick do down there at uh, Taylor's Mansion in Rhode Island? Real class. Because, you know, whenever you break into someone's house, you still have to maintain some kind of, you know, politeness and some kind of... Respectfulness. Respectful of the... The digs, the fancy digs you just broke into. Because I generally don't want anybody coming into my house, whether, whether, you know, invited or not, you know, with their shoes on. And this guy... This guy is a victim of... Proper upbringing. That's the problem here. I'm telling you, he's, he, had great, he had great parents. <laughs> he, had, he had wonderful parents. Wonderful parents. So he takes his shoes off, you know, before he breaks into her house. Yeah, there's a problem with this that. Guy is great. <laughs> this guy wasn't guy. helpful for the B and E, was it? It got him. It probably got him some, you know, you know, some uh, uh, some points, you know, with the judge or not. <laughs> well, he he got arrested, didn't he? Not a happy ending for Dick. As all dumb criminals, you know, do, yeah, they he did get arrested, yeah. Maybe he's going to get a deferred prosecution out there in you know, Western Rhode no Island. I'm saying and deferred prosecution. But he was so polite, he took his shoes off, Paul. that That's what counts. That counts for much. Mitigation, we call that. It's mitigation. <laughs> Definitely mitigating circumstances. All right. Uh, so let's go to uh, Duluth, Georgia. Uh, we got a bunch, couple of idiots here. Everybody knows that the Popo, they... um. You know, they generally get, you know, half off whenever they go to a, a 7-Eleven, 
10% off. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the business community saying thank you, you know, for visiting our establishment, keeping us safe. Here, you know, here's, you know, 10% off. Here's 50% off. You know, here, have a free cup of coffee. But these idiots, they just take it to a whole different level. What'd they do, Luke? Okay. What our geniuses do down there in Duluth, Georgia? Well, we got 33-year-old Petra. Edgerton, she decides to impersonate a police officer. She gets her, she gets her friend, okay, <laughs> her friend to hand over a badge and a gun, so she could walk in to a Quick Trip and get something for free. But you know what? You can't pull it off, honey. And she didn't pull it off. She was very suspicious, and uh, we had a can, uh, you know, an uncanny popo who was, uh, you know, not buying it. Yeah, real gun and real badge, huh? Just said officer, let her. Gail Pale, borrow her piece and badge, go get that little discount. Yeah. I want to get I want to get something for free. I want to get like a donut and a cup of coffee for free. Are you kidding me? You're, you you're gonna risk getting arrested and your uh your dumb friend fired, you know. Oh well, for officer, letting you do that. Officer Brandy Green, an officer with the Department of Community Supervision, whatever the hell that means. Sounds very governmental and official. Well, she is no longer a part of the government and no longer has a badge or a gun. Yeah, because they didn't really think this through, okay? Very kind of impulsive, I mean, uh, you know, kind of, you know, let's 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 see if we can get away with this. You think alcohol was involved, maybe? You think the, some alcohol, maybe a little alcohol? Uh, maybe, maybe a lot. Maybe, maybe a hit on the meth pipe or two? Yeah, a couple, two, three, yeah. yeah you know, I you think know. that's maybe what happened. A little too much fentanyl. Well, Costco's got some issues, huh? Where they resolved an issue they had? <laughs> I love this, Costco. This chick was pretty creative. I didn't think they had a. I guess I don't. I'm not. I don't really notice this, but I didn't think they have a jeweler's row in Costco. They they do sell high end jewelry wow. and little counter. Are you kidding me? That twenty eight thousand dollar diamond ring. Yeah, right next to refrigerators. From my experience, jewelry's <laughs> marked up about you know twenty thousand percent usually. So in reality, it's probably about a two hundred eighty dollar ring that's marked up to twenty eight thousand. Is that next to the Pringles, uh, the uh, the Doritos, or right by the uh, I don't know the. Uh, what, the watermelon? I think it's between the instant cameras and the dishwashers. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the flat screens are right around the corner. Yeah, not too far away. Because I go straight for the water, straight for the booze, and straight for the milk. Because you get some great deals on all three. That's right. But, <laughs> hey, Isabella Colano out there in Nutley, New Jersey, she goes into one Costco and steals a cheap ring. $2,000, yeah. A little switch, switcheroo action. By, right? by the way, Lupe and Paul is not saying two thousand is cheap, but hey, man, especially our big budget down here at the big eighty nine. Okay, two thousand. It's walking around cash. If I show up with a two thousand dollar engagement ring, <laughs> man, I'm not well, walking out with she, my nuts. She takes that stolen ring and then goes to another Costco and switches does the old switcheroo for the twenty eight thousand yeah. dollar ring. Yeah, and that, my people, is a crime. It's against the law, isn't it, my friend? <laughs> that too. But unfortunately for her, Costco's got more cameras than they have uh, people in the parking lot. <laughs> they've, they've ran her down. Hey, man, this, that's the last place I want to you know, pull something like this on. Hey, Lupa, we're closing with a really, really happy ending, aren't we? Time for checkoff, people. It's our happy ending. We like this story, man, because this story started out so tragic. Right. Huh? A little five-year-old kid walking around Mall of America up in Minnesota with his moms and some genius... Grabs him and throws him off a balcony 30 feet in the air. Right? That genius is Emmanuel Aranda. 40 feet. 
Yeah, 40 feet exactly. Who, who's already pled guilty for this thing, by the way, and got like 25 years or something. Yeah, he was looking for someone to kill after a woman rejected his advances. This little wiener guy. Yeah, that's a good reason to kill a kid, huh? Yeah, But, exactly. hey, the kid got out of the hospital and he's home now. Yes. Survived it. That is a happy ending, my friend. Better and greater things for uh, little land and a right. And that does it for us this Saturday night. And as always, people, don't poo-poo on the poke. Oh, mind your own business. And watch your six. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.